Today on Locked On Canadians, Winnipeg wanted what for Pierre-Luc Dubois? We talk about the Bob factor and how hard it is to win a Stanley Cup. And then we've got some more Canadians mock draft fun. That's all coming up here in just one moment. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 850 of Lock or 51, I should say, of Locked On Canadians, where you get your team every day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube, anywhere you name it, we're there. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined as always by the wonderful Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today, even though there's nothing really going on in the hockey world. We still have topics for our listeners. Yeah, uh, today was a, a day in, in there's not news, but there's not not things to talk about. Uh, if my voice sounds a little scratchy or stuffy, allergies are doing their best to incapacitate me for the first fully nice week we've had in a long time. It, it's been it's been a strange day because there's been some takes and there's been some tweets and a lot of discussion out there. It's never boring. It's never boring to be a Montreal Canadiens fan, even if the team isn't doing currently anything right now. Let me check in on the discourse real quick. One, apparently Canadians fans are now either turning on Cole Caulfield or they fear he's not going to sign. I think we can just all calm down a little bit. Uh, and then there's some stuff about Brady Kachuk that we're not going to touch at all, uh, even though he's enjoying his brother being in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but we're gonna we're not going to touch any more of the sense stuff. Although, LOL, Ryan Reynolds pulled out of the bid or whatever is no longer. <laughs> I'm just saying, LOL. Uh, all right, that's enough about the sense. Uh, and then, so this comes from The Athletic. Uh, Murat Atesh, who covers Winnipeg for The Athletic, uh, wonderful person, excellent writer, um, and is dialed in. Uh, he's trusted. And I'm just going to read what he posted, what he wrote, right? It is. Okay, so this is under the heading Pierre-Luc Dubois. Dubois has been adamant that he did not go to the 2022 draft in Montreal with the expectation that he would be traded to the Canadians. That may be true, but it doesn't change Montreal's interest in the player, the player's interest in Montreal, and the fact that the Jets and the Canadians talked trade multiple times last summer. One version of the discussion I've heard says Winnipeg was after Nick Suzuki, a non-starter for Montreal, while the Canadians tried to build a package around Christian Dvorak Josh Anderson, and a first-round pick. I think a package involving Kirby Doc and Futures might be a way for the teams to meet in the middle. Absolutely not. I love Morat. I respect him a lot. But Christian Dvorak and Josh Anderson, without even a first-round pick, is more than fair for Pierre-Luc Dubois. Not because he's not good, but because Winnipeg does not have leverage when a player is trying to get the hell out of there and wants to come to Montreal. It's based on leverage in this case, not necessarily value. So no, you cannot have Kirby Doc. I, I, again, I love Morad. 
I respect him a lot. He's a very smart man. But a package involving Kirby Doc and Futures is not in the realm of possibility the way that things are right now. That's kind of my thought is that, okay, it's a package deal and the Canadians don't giving up Nick Suzuki is a non-starter. Giving up Cole Caulfield is likely a non-starter in this too. Imagine look and I, it's not that I don't trust that Murat has thought this over deeply, but why would the Canadians trade Kirby doc at this point in time? If they were going to trade Kirby doc for Pierre-Luc Dubois, they would have done it at the draft last year. There's it. This doesn't make any logical sense. It's like, Oh, they can meet in the middle. There is no meeting in the middle here anymore. Winnipeg doesn't have any leverage. They are pinned up against the brick wall with a car driving into them. They do not have any leverage in this situation. And it's adorable that people seem to think, ah, they're going to get, you know, a Meshar. They're going to get Lane Hudson. They can ask for Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield because PLD is a good player. That's all well and good. You have a player who does not want to be there. The Canadians can wait for him to go to UFA. They can do that. He can sleepwalk his way through next season in Winnipeg for all I care. And then he would come here as a free agent. This the whole thing that the Canadians need to meet what they want is so nonsensical to me. He doesn't want to be there. He didn't want to be in Columbus. He doesn't want to be there. And, and it's just assumed that, ah, well, the Canadians are going to have to give up Kirby Doc. Why? They don't have to do that. They can just wait. They don't care if they're great next year or not. And the discourse around this, one, asking for Nick Suzuki. I mean, aim high always. And then even if you drop down a little bit, at least you're still getting something good. But asking for Nick Suzuki is just so, so out of the realm of what you think you know what you're doing. This trade's going to end up being a lot more disappointing than I think fans are anticipating. We're probably anticipating multiple firsts and prospects in this it's gonna end up probably being closer to christian dvorak and other pieces in this trade whether people like that or not that's what it's gonna end to be because there's no leverage from the side of the jets in this the canadians don't gotta give you anything they can just wait and they'll happily wait because it's part of the game or they could not have any interest at all who knows it it's all Every ball is in the Canadians' court, and they're not exactly just firing bricks for threes right now. They're going to wait until the situation suits them, and then Kent Hughes will make his move. Maybe that'll be at the draft, seeing as the Panthers' pick seems like it's going to be 32nd at this point. It's – I don't understand where this this whole need to – ah, well, the Canadians got to meet him in the middle. They don't. They absolutely they really, do not need to do that. They don't, they don't. at all. And again, it's not because PLD is not good. Like if it was PLD signed to an economical contract for the next seven years, you're, you're a totally different story. Absolutely, like 100% different story. It's not the value of PLD here. It's the leverage that Winnipeg has. Um, but speaking of, uh, what were we, yeah, speaking of the 32nd pick uh, and Florida and that pick, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Bob factor, uh, Stanley Cup. And before we move on to talking about Montreal Canadiens mock draft fun, that's all coming up in just one moment. As you can see, I can't do two things at the same time. Uh, but I will tell you that this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, as Florida will tell you right now. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle, because every part needs to fit just right. 
So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Speaking of parts that fit just right, Sergei Bobrovsky, who would have thunk it? We, last year, when the Montreal Canadiens traded Ben Chirot for <laughs> Florida Panthers' first round pick and uh, a literal whole person, uh, we were kind of laughing all the way to the bank because Sergei Bobrovsky was on, seemed to be on the decline. And I'll be really honest, first couple of months of the season, I didn't think that there was all that much there. I thought Florida was going to be ending up in a lottery position or at, at the very least right outside the playoffs. Like that, that's, I, that's what I thought their ceiling was. They squeaked in despite all of our predictions. They have managed to now not only eliminate the Boston Bruins President's Trophy winners and favorites for the Stanley Cup, Toronto Maple Leafs, second favorites for the Stanley Cup, uh, and not only that, they have managed to get in the heads of Leafs fans in a way that almost I feel jealous of as a Habs fan that I've never been able to do that. Um, and then finally, they are now on the verge of literally sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes in the conference final. Carolina Hurricanes, the third favorites for the Stanley Cup. How did this happen? Scott? I'm going to say something that might be slightly controversial. I'm looking at Sergei Bobrovsky's Florida Panthers tenure. 900 save percentage, 906, 913, 901, 935. League average. And I, I say that as it's not an impressive feat. It's not a bad thing. He's league average. 913, maybe slightly above that. You want to know what a 901 save percentage is here? Samuel Montembeau had a 901 save percentage this year. He's a 935 in the playoffs. He's 10 and 2, 2.15 goals against. He's dialed the clock back in a way that reminds me a lot of what Carey Price did to Vegas and did to the Leafs in the 2021 Cup run. And as our good friend Jay Foster put it, that means he's going to go on LTIR forever after the season is over, after they inevitably lose in the Stanley Cup final. And I go, yes. It's, I don't know what, if it was some rest down the stretch with Alex Lyon getting those, uh, getting those starts for Florida and allowing him to rest and get ready for the playoffs here. But I, I'm as stunned as anyone. He's putting on a historic performance. All the people who track goals saved above average, all these other things. Sergey Bobrovsky is saying it's a heater is almost disrespectful to him. He's on another planet in another solar system. And to be quite honest with it, sometimes you need freak luck. Stanley Cup final, sometimes the good teams get there. You know, sometimes it's the Boston Bruins. Sometimes it's Vegas. Sometimes it's not Carolina, but like good teams make the Stanley Cup final. And then there are teams that go on a run. I look at St. Louis when they won their Stanley Cup. They were dead last in the NHL 
and they just got hot and stayed hot and rode Jordan Bennington, who is now hot garbage, but got hot for that playoff run. Montreal did it with Carey Price. Carey Price was like an 890-something goaltender the year in the 2021 season at the end of it or something like that. Wasn't great. Got to the playoffs and just flicked a switch and on. It is so hard to get to not only make the playoffs, but to get to this far in and have a goaltender performing like this. It's almost unheard of. And I got to be honest, I don't know how long you can keep it up for. I don't know when he's going to turn back into Sergei, uh, you know, pumpkin here. But I got to say, he, Florida, for you know, all, all things considered here, is doing an incredible thing. And it's not like Carolina. It's not like, well, Toronto did play poorly against them, but that's not the point. Boston played them well. But Bobrovsky, he has that thing now where you're facing him down and you just go, I can't do it. I cannot beat this person. No matter what I do, no matter what shot I take, what pass I make, you cannot solve him because he's so just dialed in. It's it's freakish how good he's been. And it reminds me why he's won two Vesna trophies. And his latest one was seven years ago. Six years ago, sorry. He's dialed the clock back. It's It just goes to show. It, sometimes it's about luck. It's not about skill. Sometimes your goalie just gets red hot at the right time, and you just ride that wave all the way through it. There's nothing you can do about it. And I think the lesson here for the Montreal Canadiens and for us as fans is that you really need to build a team that can contend multiple years. We saw what happened with, the uh oh my god the colorado avalanche i almost called them the carolina avalanche <laughs> the colorado avalanche we saw what happened there were a couple of years in a row of first or second round exits to the point where nathan mckinnon after a press conference after they had lost in the second round for i think it was the third time in a row or whatever it was was talking about how long he'd been in the league and he hadn't sniffed past the second round but then they got past it and they won but if they were a one and done team that would not have happened. And I think that that's kind of the lesson with Carolina as well. Unfortunately, at this point, they're being swept out of, the, out of the conference final. But they built a team that was going to contend year in and year out. And yes, there were a bunch of second, second round exits there as well. But you know that every time they make the playoffs, there's a chance they're going to get there, right? You can even talk about the Boston Bruins, right? They've been to multiple Stanley Cup finals. They won a cup in, 20, in 2011. And then they've been a perennial threat even when they didn't look like it for multiple, multiple years. Like That's why it's so important to build your team not so that you're adding pieces in one off season or a trade deadline where you're like, I'm going to give it my all. And again, that Stanley cup run in 2021, it was phenomenal. It was so much fun for us as, as Canadians fans, it was incredible. That is not the definition of success because now we are two years in a row after that of like mediocrity to the point where last year they were at the literal bottom of the rankings. And this year they're not that far higher than that. Right. And that needed, yes, it's true that a reset was needed. A rebuild was needed. Building a contender for multiple years was needed. Like I a hundred percent agree with that. I'm all for that. I just think that the way that we, um, the way that the Canadians need to build a team is one of those where, you know what, if we have to go to the playoffs eight times before we get to a Stanley cup, like a Stanley Cup win, I'm happy to do that. Like they built something that could contend year in and year out. That's eight years of hope, eight years of playoffs, eight years of yes, sometimes playoff failures. But 
that's the lesson here is that you never know when you're going to run into a Carey Price. You never know when you're going to run into who was the goaltender that, 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 that eliminated the Colorado Avalanche that year um, in the second round. Uh, they got oh, goalied. Uh, oh God. Was it, was it, was, was it Marc-Andre Fleury? Or... I mean, it might. I'm trying to think. All right, listeners, if you because... remember, let us know. We know the answer. We just don't remember. We're not going to waste time looking up. Okay, it's not. It's we literally just don't remember. But anyways, that's not what you want. You don't want that. You don't like the idea is that if you get goalied one year, you know that the following year you still have the chance of coming back and getting all the way to the final again and potentially winning. That's what you have to build for a contending team, and that all starts at the draft. And so today we're having a lot of fun with mock drafts and we're going to talk about some names that we have not yet heard in a mock draft before. And that's all coming up in just one moment. The first, I got to tell you about bird dogs. This episode is brought to you about bird dogs. If you like to wear shorts and you want them to fit, you want them to be comfortable and you want them to be versatile, then you need bird dogs. Bird dogs, honestly, they look great. Uh, and I have to, you know, give you guys a peek behind the curtain. We all got some. I happened to give mine to my brother-in-law. Uh, and he said they were so incredibly comfortable and they look stylish. Even my sister's happy with them. So, you know, you got to say that it's worth a shot. And right now, if you do go to birddogs.com slash NHL and enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they're going to throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with your purchase uh scott is modeling his right now if you're watching on youtube and i have to tell you that even though i gave the shorts to my brother-in-law i kept the tumbler because it's awesome and you know you want one so again go to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl and enter promo code locked on nhl so that they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order All right, so you know we can't stop without doing mock drafts. It's mock draft season. We can't get enough of draft content. We can't get enough of talking about the draft. And the Athletic today, was it today or yesterday? It was, anyway, they recently came out with a mock draft of their own. Um, and we were very intrigued by this because these are names that we have not selected or been talking about to this point, if you have missed any of Scott's amazing mock draft episodes, which I just happened to miss uh, myself, happened to not be here myself, you should go back and check them out because they were phenomenal. Uh, but this time around, Scott, there's some different people in play. And it's the first the three picks the Canadians have, right? Like the first pick, the whatever the Florida pick is, and then their first second, second round, round pick. pick. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm actually, I have the athletic article up here in front of me. Scott Wheeler and Corey Pronman did this one. And just going right down the top five here to kind of give everyone the peek behind the curtain. Connor Bedard, number one, obviously. Adam Fantilli went number two. Number three, Will Smith to Columbus. Number four, Leo Carlson to San Jose, which makes our good friends JD and Jay very happy. And to the Montreal Canadiens at number five overall, Ryan Leonard, right wing out of the USNTTP. Going to go play with Will Smith at Boston College next season. And in there, uh, the way Wheeler describes it is, I'm sure the Canadians will consider winger, uh, Metevi Mishkov, uh, center Del Dvorsky, or <laughs> Matt Vey. <laughs> center Del Dvorsky, or defenseman David Reinbacher here. But to go with Leonard, a universally liked player who brings competitiveness and scoring, and to go right beyond that, the next two picks to the Coyotes and Flyers are Reinbacher and Dvorsky. 
We haven't seen. Yes. I want to mention that there have been a couple of listeners who have asked about Ryan Leonard uh, for this reason. And I also want to remind everybody that last year when Corey Pronman did that mock draft and put Slavkovsky at the top, we all disagreed slash laughed. And then the Canadians went ahead and did that. Um, I do think that Ryan Leonard is at the top of the players that we're going to ask our next draft guest or scouting guest about. Uh, We've got some really, really fun content on that front plan. Some new faces, some old faces. Uh, We might even give you guys an opportunity to ask the questions yourself live. Maybe, maybe not. Stay tuned. Uh, But I did want to ask you about that, Scott, because it's definitely somebody where our listeners are paying attention. But the up until this point, media scouts and stuff like that have been leaning more towards are they going to pick Bichkov or not and then they've got Reinbacher in there they've got a they think Will Smith might fall they think you know so like it's been a mixed bag but it's really just the listeners that have been asking about Ryan Leonard so let's go ahead and 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 talk about this a little bit well for one thing Ryan Leonard scores goals he had 51 for the U.S. National Under-18 team this year. at 94 points on that team. It's an, he's an insanely talented player. And this is not to say, and I'm looking at this team. He was third on the team in scoring. Gabriel Perot led the team. Will Smith was second. He was third. It's the first time I've seen him mock there, though, because as a winger, you would think they would just take Mishkov instead there. Higher skill player. And this is no disrespect to Ryan Leonard, Talking with people who have watched a lot of the KHL and follow European hockey, he's the one guy who can rival Connor Bedard for pure skill in this. And it's honestly, that's kind of the way that I'm leaning still is that if they can't get Will Smith and the, the, the mock draft here doubled down on wingers for the Canadians though. Cause as I scroll down here uh, at 29th right now, Scott Wheeler, again, making the pick. Andrew Cristal from the Kelowna Rockets. We had talked with Tony Ferrari about this. The biggest thing with Cristal, he does not skate well. He is a big offensive heavy guy. 90 the WHL this year, 39 goals, 56 assists. And uh, I'll read the script here. A winter injury and tough spring finish the WHL playoffs and at under 18 worlds. Pushed the diminutive Cristal into the late first round, but the Canadians don't let one of the most gifted players in the draft slip into day two, adding skill and a potential WHL scoring champion in this. Uh, they say diminutive. Gabriel uh, Perot and prospects are listed at the exact same height. Uh, the difference is one of them had a very good under-18s and one of them did not. And if Cristal fell to 29th overall, I'd be ecstatic with this pick. I don't see it happening, but I would be thrilled because he's in top eight, top 10, top nine, top 16. The lowest ranking on him is 35th by Craig Button. I would be stunned if he lasts that long. I got to be honest, though, if he does, it's ex- I would love the idea of Andrew Cristal at 29th overall. Lord knows they could just do with more pure goal scoring in this in this team in the near future. So... I think for me, Andrew, like, sorry, Crystal. <laughs> I keep like I keep mispronouncing him as Crystal, um, just like yours is Matevi. It's Matve. Uh, it's Crystal. Uh, I keep yelling at myself. All right, um, we definitely talked about him with Tony Ferrari in the past. Definitely go back and 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 check that. I just I feel like he's not going to be there at that point. 
I just the feeling that I get is he's going to be gone by like 20. Some team in the middle there looking to add pure goal scoring talent will take that risk. Risk. He will be gone in there. Because uh, I look at teams like Colby Barlow set to go in that top 20 range. I wouldn't be shocked if Cristal goes in the mid teens to early 20s, like you said. And that's fine. There are other names in this draft that Canadians can go after, especially if they want pure scoring at the end of the draft here. And I think this is the most interesting part. So we go into round two where the Canadians are picking 37th overall with their own pick, pending any trades and whatnot. And the Canadians are picking the first goalie off the board. Uh, six foot six, Michael Hrabble from uh, playing in the USHL. He's a Czech goalie, 18 years old, big kid. 908 save percentage, 913 and 4 in the USHL. Has another USHL season ahead of him and then is going to the University of Massachusetts. We talked with Sebastian High about drafting goalies. He likes Trey Augustine a lot. Therefore, since I'm not a draft expert, I like Trey Augustine a lot. I know there's some rawness in the game to a goalie like Hrabel here. I'm not crazy about drafting a goalie that high. I'm really not. I'd rather they add on defense, add a potential skilled center, or if they don't get Cristal, add a skilled winger in that in that area too. I don't love the idea of drafting a goalie that high, though I understand the thought process behind that entirely. And I think, you know, that's something that some of our listeners have suggested as well. We are going to have a goalie draft focused episode or goalie prospect focused episode in the coming weeks as well so make sure you are subscribed to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on youtube or you know what do both listen to us and then look at us um we thank you so much you can find us on twitter at lo underscore canadians uh you can find us obviously on youtube and if you want to leave uh, if you want to ask mailback questions you can tweet them at us you can also leave them in the youtube comments just put mailback question at the beginning so we know that you want us to talk about it on our friday show you can also email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com you'll find scott on twitter at scott matla you'll find me at the active sick thank you so much for listening and i'm very happy about the discussion that's been generated lately thank you all of you um, for listening, discussing, and suggesting topic ideas. We're there for that. And we will talk to you with more of those topic ideas tomorrow.